freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 383 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is a 2022 Arizona Attorney General race, and our guest is Tiffany Shedd. Tiffany is a conservative Republican candidate for Attorney General to defend Arizona's Second Amendment rights, secure our southern border, and fight back against federal overreach. Tiffany is a water and business attorney, small business owner, and lives on a fourth-generation Pinell County farm in the middle of three major border struggling, uh, smuggling routes. If elected, Tiffany will work to stop the invasion at the southern border, stand up for life, the Second Amendment, and parental rights, prosecute election fraud, fight government overreach, and ensure Arizona's water and energy future. Tiffany is a mom, a 4-H certified pistol and shotgun coach. In that capacity, she taught children the basics of firearm safety and competitive shooting for over 15 years. Welcome back to the show, Miss Tiffany. Well, thanks for having me. It's always great to talk about guns and freedom. Absolutely. And uh, we are so close to the primary election day. I know that um, ballots are already out there floating around um, and people are already voting. We're sitting in the studio on Monday, July 11th. The actual voting day in Arizona is Tuesday, August 2nd. And so we are really kind of coming in for a landing here. And, you know, there are still so many people out there that maybe they don't even know what an attorney general's job is, right? So you're an attorney, you're a general. No, you're not like, talk to us just a little (laughs) civics 101. Tell folks what we should expect from an attorney general? So the most important thing the attorney general does, and it's under the Arizona constitution, is to protect and maintain the individual rights of Arizona. It's not the county attorney. We don't get to prosecute most felonies, but we do get to sue the federal government, sue the federal government, sue the federal government. And, you know, I want to be attorney general because um, first jurisdiction over human smuggling, um, and trafficking, which is how we combat the border from the AG's lane, but also just to make sure with what we're seeing from the Biden administration and Republicans in the U.S. Congress uh, that just passed red flag laws and gun legislation that they actually do not have the constitutional power to, pa- to pass 
It's the attorney general that stops that coming into Arizona. We have the power to sue. We represent every single state agency in the state of Arizona um, and make sure from my point of view, being in regulatory world where I see bureaucrats loving gray areas and stomping over um, Arizonans that they stay in their lane. Um, you know, it's just the office that is the sword that protects people. It's kind of the sword of freedom office. You know, the governor can set policy. The attorney general's office has real teeth. I would argue it's the most powerful office in the state of Arizona. Mm. Well, Tiffany, as a, you know, as a voter, I, let's look at somebody that doesn't really know your name yet. Right. And, uh, I see here with your fourth generation is uh, uh, on border uh, farmland, you know, where we're having issues with people coming across the border is probably Arizona's biggest issue right now, right? Keeping yeah. uh, the, keeping the illegals out. But what, wh why do you, why are you doing this? What, what's your main reason for running for attorney general? Well, one of them, one of the biggest reasons is border security. My family has lived in the middle of three smuggling routes for 18 years. And to be frank with you, we have a lot of people who suddenly care about border security because they're running for an office and they come down and they take a picture with somebody that looks like my husband in a cowboy hat. And they say, now I understand the border. And yet we're living in the worst scenario that we've ever had. Um, I'm 90 miles from the border. I've had smugglers in my yard three times in the last two weeks. And that's my yard. That's not even the farm. Mm. Um, and my dogs are bringing the carpet shoes that they put over their feet to walk undetected up on the porch like they're their, you know, prized chew toys. And the Biden administration has completely abandoned Arizona. Um, we're seeing hundreds of thousands of military aged males from 150 different countries smuggling fentanyl and this is an invasion. And the reason I say that isn't to have hyperbole of language, it's that the federal government has jurisdiction over immigration, but under article one, section 10 of the US constitution, article four, section four of the US constitution and the Arizona constitution, we still have a right to defend our state. And as attorney general, I put up 14 point border plan. And I know that's big, but there's a lot we can do. And uh, that means going after human smugglers. That means going after drug smugglers. That means going after social media companies that are their main form of communication and uh, like Snapchat and Facebook. And I don't know about you, but since I talk about guns, election security um, and COVID, I get these little warnings across my social media saying that the, whoever the minister of truth is says they're not true. Well, that's called evidence that they know what's going on in their platforms. They're not cooperating with law enforcement. Um, we need to fund this, um, the border security issue as a state. And frankly, if we have a governor that has the backbone uh, instead of a wishbone to do something to stop the invasion, the attorney general is the one that defends their actions. So this is, this is an issue that, like I said, it's not because I'm running for attorney general. I've had three friends murdered by illegals over the last few decades. Um, we've, I mean, we've had people killed. It, it, it's just, it's untenable. And um, it's, if you value human life, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, you better value border security. And uh, I intend to roll up my sleeves and actually do something. I'm the only run running that has real solutions. And like I said, there's, we can now uh, enforce 
uh, laws against human smugglers on the Tohono O'odham Reservation because of a Supreme Court ruling that came down a couple of weeks ago. So there's a lot we can do if we just have the will to do it. And um, I'm living in the middle of it. I have the will to do it. Absolutely. And uh, I can't imagine trying to just live a, a normal life when there is this invasion. And, and there are so many um, uh, candidates out there not just necessarily in the attorney general's race, but in some others, that they want to shy away from using a phrase like invasion. And uh, I find it refreshing and encouraging to hear you just call it what it clearly is. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And it makes a legal standard different. But if 190,000 Russian troops on the border of Ukraine are considered an invasion by the world. Hundreds of thousands of people from 150 countries on the border of the United States should also be called an invasion. It's right. really not terribly complicated and, and I appreciate you just cut right through it. Um, the election integrity is another huge deal because you know, if we all show up to vote and do our civic duty and, and we have either no confidence that our vote really matters because of all the craziness of the last election, or maybe they really, our votes aren't mattering because the craziness hasn't been addressed and diagnosed correctly and treated correctly. Um, then what are we doing? Like, what's the point of all of this campaigning and voting? And so the fact that you are taking seriously election integrity um, is a step in the right direction because it feels to me that our current AG has just been a little bit shucky darny about it. You know, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to look into it and uh, I'm just not really seeing what, what gives me confidence. What, what's your, your take on all that? Well, there's only one attorney at the attorney general's office right now for election integrity, which is a huge problem. Another issue at the AG's office that could help a lot is giving the AG civil subpoena power because right now they're relying on FOIAs. But what I really want to talk about is, you know, I'm literally a lawyer running for attorney general and June 3rd, uh, myself and my family got our election ID cards in the mail. They had changed our address from Eloy to Casa Grande. I called the little number, we all did. We were told it didn't matter. We have literally fought with the Pinal County Recorder's Office. We've called the Secretary of State. Um, we filed formal complaints with the Attorney General's Office. Everyone said it didn't matter that our town had been changed in Pinal County. And apparently 68,000 other people had the problem because just last week, um, after weeks of telling the recorder this, it turns out we got one of our mail-in ballots, my son votes mail-in, and we were allowed to vote in elections we weren't qualified to vote in. So we don't live in the city of Casa Grande. We should not be able to vote for the city of Casa Grande's city council. And people who lived in the city didn't have those races. And this is a problem all over Pinal County. And I was so frustrated because um, our family felt like we were just hitting a wall of government. And I can't imagine what it feels like to a person who's not an attorney, who's not running for attorney general, who just wants the right to vote and 
want to make sure that their voter ID is correct and just is following the law and wants it to match their driver's license and do the right thing to hit that kind of wall was stunning to me. And um, apparently other people had called, but we can't have an election system. Here's the thing that really was struck home with me. I think that we have a government that thinks that elections belong to the government. Mm-hmm. Elections don't belong to the government, they belong to the people. And it's never gonna be one office or one of us that solves it. It has to be each and every one of us that just doesn't quit pushing, even when we are told, go home, pat it on the head by literally everyone, just keep pushing and keep pushing. And, you know, after watching what happened in 2020, I'm just going to be straight up. Yes, there was a lot, a lot of election fraud, but when we have, you know, a situation in Pinal County where people are now going to have to vote twice, uh, that is a huge issue. And you think we would have learned our lesson in 2020, but it looks like 2022 is going to be just as bad. And um, as attorney general, I want to make sure that no one ever hits that wall of bureaucracy because the attorney general's office, I will be so on top of it that they are going to hate me. But by the end of it, our elections will be run by the law and correctly. Um, This is just unexcusable. (laughs) Yeah, no, it really is. And, you know, we've already touched on two major issues that uh, impact our state. And we have you as a candidate who's running to help positively impact these things. And you personally have been touched by these things. Who better for us to vote in than somebody who has, you know, an invasion happening basically on her back porch, who has, you know, your own uh, ballot isn't correct for your candidacy, you know, and you can't vote correctly. And so what did you say? 70,000 other people can't vote correctly. And you are very deeply involved and personally involved in protecting our rights as, as free sovereign citizens through here in Arizona, it's article two, section 26. I believe if I'm saying that right, the second amendment to in uh, our federal, our national United States constitution, teaching children safety and responsibility, uh, you know, 4-H kids out there on your own ranch. I cannot imagine somebody better to place in the office to protect, continue to protect these things. But talk to us about the second amendment. Why is that so personally uh, important to you and to the state of Arizona? Well, living where I live, uh, you know, basically we don't have police protection that is very close. Uh, The Pinal County Sheriff's deputies and Sheriff is great. I mean, they endorsed me, but frankly, they're 20 minutes away. Um, When they do come, I mean, these guys are underfunded, undermanned and doing, they're really doing a good job. But, you know, I, feel like this, I know that the second amendment, I use it on a daily basis to protect my family. And it is a litmus test for the rest of the constitution. If you don't believe that people have a right to protect themselves, their families from criminals, from a tyrannical government, 
uh, from an invasion. Uh, Article 2, Section 26 of the Arizona Constitution is a beautiful piece because it says we have a right to defend ourselves and our state. Mm -hmm. So it's a better written actually than the US Constitution. And we couldn't live here if we didn't have the right to have firearms. And I think that, you know, it's very easy for people like Joe Biden or Mitch McConnell to sit in Washington with their security details and their, you know, fences around everywhere they work to forget that those of us who live in rural Arizona and also in urban areas, that we don't have that type of protection. And so I've said it over and over. I've been saying this for 18 years. At uh, first it was Obama, now it's Biden. You know, if you believe in confiscating guns, if you don't believe in the Second Amendment, and if you don't want to secure the border, you are welcome to come stay at my house for two weeks. I'm taking my firearms. You're not bringing your security detail. I'm also taking my dogs, and we'll see how you feel about just being a sitting duck in what you've left us in. And so um, the attorney general is the one that defends the Second Amendment in Arizona. And I'm just going to be really blunt on this. The red flag laws don't just violate the Second Amendment. They violate the, the first, the fifth, the fourth, on and on, just in general. Mm -hmm. And they are clearly unconstitutional. I fought Governor Ducey in 2018 when he tried to push red flags. This isn't that Democrats are trying to push them. It's Republicans, too. Yes, I want children to be safe in schools, but that's done through security. Try walking into a casino, a bank, or a, uh, a courtroom. You have to go through security, but we don't up the security at schools. But that is not a reason to take away firearms from law-abiding citizens. And this is a non-negotiable issue for me as a citizen and as attorney general, I will actually have the power to do something about it. You know, when something is so unconstitutional, I think it is the attorney general's job to say, look, I've looked at this. They don't have the power to do it. It's violating the rights of Arizonans. We are not complying with an unconstitutional law. We'll sue in court, but until then, just like the vaccine mandates, we should have said, do not comply. And if the federal government comes after you, they will have to get through the state of Arizona, meaning the attorney general's office to do so. Awesome. That is refreshing. Absolutely. Super refreshing. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, even Ducey, you know, Ducey's done some good things for Arizona, but when he closed the gyms and the other things that he did during COVID, how did he feel like he had a, do, do they read the constitution? Do they even read it? You know, and yeah, I'm gonna, that governor in New Jersey, I'm going to bring him up again. Bill he, Murphy, Dan's he says, favorite. Yeah, because because he said these famous words on the news. The the Constitution's above my pay grade. How does the <laughs> governor get away with that? Yeah. That was on news. With a straight face. How how does a governor get away with that? Yeah. Any politician get away with that? Yeah. Well, well, I can tell you what. The the Constitution is not above my pay grade. I actually was lucky enough to take constitutional law from Chief Justice Rehnquist in the 90s, one of the most conservative justices we've ever had on the Supreme Court. And it's not above my pay grade. And in Arizona, the attorney general does not work for the governor. We are the check and balance against a governor. If they're doing what's right, we'll be a great team member. But if they start to use an executive order which is way beyond their power. Governors and presidents love these executive orders because it allows them to circumvent the state legislature's powers. 
but it's the job of the attorney general to bring them back to earth through the judiciary and say, you've overstepped your bounds. An emergency isn't three years and you don't get to pick winners and losers. So I don't know why I couldn't catch COVID at a very crowded Walmart or Home Depot, but I could catch it at church. That makes no sense to me. Let people give people information let them decide. I understand the first two weeks, but now what are we, how many years to slow the spread? Right. Um, it's ridiculous, but we can never sacrifice freedom for security, false security. You know, I have just the pocket constitution. There may be a bigger one I'm not aware of. I don't see any buts in here. And I definitely don't see, well, if this happens, we can disregard this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there that says, that I know of that says, well, you know, because of this, we can let this go for now. It doesn't have that, does it? No, it doesn't. And it was written during a time that people had smallpox, vaccines had not been invented yet. There was measles, people died of dysentery, there was no antibiotics, yet they believed people should have freedom. And, you know, I think we should have done whatever we could have to protect the most vulnerable, you know, nursing homes, people that shouldn't go out. But healthy people that want to make their own decisions, that is, and and what we're seeing with our children, you know, the two years that they didn't have socialization, education, um, it's looking like we're going to have a problem for an entire generation. And you look back and you think, was it worth it? Because I don't think it was. Um, I had COVID early on um, and uh, before there was any treatments. And what really made me angry is I went to my doctor and I said, well, can you prescribe hydrochloroquine? Good Lord. Good thing I, I know. Out of school. <laughs> we know the word you mean. Nobody can say. <laughs> JD, not MD. And he said, I would. He said, I think that it has uh, benefits, but the governor has put out an executive order saying pharmacies can't fill it. That's wrong. Why is a governor overriding what a MD says? Because I'm pretty sure he didn't have an MD behind his name either. And it's my between me and my doctor, if I want to try a medicine that's been around for a hundred years, um, ivermectin, the same thing. Um, the worst thing it was going to do to you is make sure you didn't have parasites. I mean, we've used it on cattle and horses on the ranch for years. So I think that, you know, when we see uh, governors, or the president of the United States using OSHA regulations that have nothing to do with viruses. It is the job of the attorney general to push back and say, look, the constitution might be above y'all's pay grade, but it's not above mine. And um, my job isn't to make the governor happy, the Republican party happy. Um, My job is to protect the individual rights of Arizonans. And that's it. That is the mandate. That's exactly right. Um, so we're, we're starting to wind down on time here, but, you know, we've talked about the importance of the constitution, not only the federal, the U S constitution, but the state constitution, um, and how our Arizona state constitution was written so well, as far as those protections, um, we've talked about the border, what's going on there, but that intersection if we haven't really hammered that home yet, take a minute and just hammer that home about that intersection between our right to keep and bear arms and our right to a secure border. How are those two things uh, related as, as they pertain to the job that you're seeking? 
Well, they're absolutely related. I mean, again, going back to the article two of the Arizona Constitution, we have a right to bear arms to protect ourselves and defend our state. And the federal government is has just taken their hands off the wheel. We have an open border controlled by cartel, which is a multi-billion dollar criminal syndicate. And, you know, this is what the Second Amendment was written for, is the right to protect ourselves. And I, as attorney general, I'm literally living in the middle of cartel routes, having to use the second amendment to protect myself and my family. And, you know, this is such a fundamental right. I mean, does our matter, does it matter if we have the right to free speech, if we don't have the right to life? And that's what we're talking here It's becoming so desperate um, that as a mother, I have a right to protect my children against, I'm just going to be blunt and say a mass shooter. You know, what stops a bad guy with a gun, a good guy with a gun. Um, and in a time when we're seeing so much violence and so little enforcement of the rule of law by the federal government, by, by liberal counties in Arizona, this is not the time to infringe upon an Arizona citizen's right to protect themselves in their state. And you know, what really gets to me and something I can do as AG is you don't just have a right to own a gun. I do love them. I have more guns than I have cowboy boots and I have a lot of cowboy boots, almost as many as I have shoes. But, um, and I think Cheryl appreciates that, Absolutely. but it's the right to have to, just to be able to defend yourself with it. And that's where the AG comes in. That's the thing. If somebody's breaking into your home or trying to kill you, that you have a right to defend yourself and not have your life ruined by a liberal county attorney who puts you through three years of unnecessary trial. We're not talking robbing a liquor store or murder. We're talking about defending yourself or another person. And Arizona law is very clear. We have a right to do that in the state. And um, as AG, I'm going to protect that right with everything I have, because I know what it feels like to have nothing between you and your children and a criminal coming at you, you know, a drug dealer other than a 38 revolver. Yeah. And you don't I would know, not be you know, you're on the, you know, you're in that border, uh, your farms on the border. You don't know what the person that's coming at you is capable of, right? You have no yeah. idea. And you got your kids. You, do you have to wait until after he does something? You know, right. your kids are behind you. I, it's, it's, it's so stupid the way, the way this is going. It's, it really is. And well, and we raised our kids saying, you know, since my son's 26 and since he was 11, we've been telling him if your dad or I go out to see who's out there, because we've got barns and tree lines and everything, mm -hmm. and it goes bad, call 911. And if anybody tries to come in the house, shoot them. Like no one should have to raise their kids that way. And I'm actually not on the border. I'm 90 miles from the border. Yeah. I am 45 minutes from ASU, Arizona State University. So it's not a border problem. This is an Arizona problem. Yes. And the amount of fentanyl and sex trafficking and what they're luring our children to do, American children, this has to stop. And it can't just be a check the box and running for office issue. Um, please, you know, go to my website, shedforaz.com and read the border plan because it actually has solutions within the realm of what the AG can actually do. That's fantastic. Well, and I was just going to ask you to tell folks how they can learn more about your campaign. Um, I mean, people are already voting. Hopefully they can vote with this craziness that you described with the <laughs> ballots going out wrong. 
Um, but are you still in active campaigning mode? Can people still volunteer? What What do you need from from folks? We need we need money and volunteers more than ever. Every dollar is going on to advertisement right now. But the best thing you can do is. We have a program where you sign up and it's called Campaign Sidekick and you can literally sit in your living room off your computer or your cell phone and make calls and tell people why you're supporting me and to please vote for me. And uh, the ones you don't reach leaves a voicemail. Um, grassroots is how I'm going to win this. Um, I don't have all the uh, big liberal money behind me. I know that sounds funny in an attorney Republican uh, race, but that's true. I have more individual supporters than anybody in the race. But, you know, if you care about this election, all the ballots aren't in, you know, making phone calls, telling your neighbors, putting up a yard sign, posting on social media, sharing our stuff, please go to my website, shed4az.com. There's a button you can click for volunteer um, because if you think that this country will be saved by an elected official or the ones we have now, you're wrong. It has to be every single one of us. Mm -hmm. Don't ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. We all have to do our part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all that you do. I, um, I, I went and watched uh, one of the debates panels that you were on and Honestly, I mean, you're already our friend, so I was already rooting for you, but I walked away from there feeling that you absolutely earned my vote and my confidence with your level of knowledge and background and your personal investment and involvement in our state. And um, I, I really... I'm supposed to say super neutral because I wear my media hat, but I'm telling you, I, I felt like you clearly won that debate. Well, I was the only one that even mentioned the Second Amendment, so I can't believe it was forgotten. There's that. <laughs> There's that. So, all right. Well, thank you again so much, Miss Tiffany. I know that uh, we'll be talking again soon and perhaps we'll be speaking from uh, your new office as attorney general after uh, the, the November, of course, August, we get through the primary and then November is when it's, um, it's the, the big one, right? Yes. I actually think that if I get through the primary, we will win the general. It's going to be a red wave. And, you know, Cheryl, I've told you this, win or lose, there's some interesting gun things that are going to become before the legislature. And I'll be there with you supporting those as attorney general or as a citizen, whichever way this goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tiffany, I thank you that. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. So here's the deal. Okay. I, I look at my life experience. I'm in the 60s, way up there. And, <laughs> you know, I, I see politicians and I think if that politician only knew what I go through on a daily basis in my business, if you could just see what we have to go through, if you could see the property taxes we have to pay mm -hmm. for our homes and our properties, mm -hmm. if you, if I just need somebody to kind of understand that because then they'll represent me in a more educated way. Right. Then I look at Tiffany and I go, well, I don't know anything about what's really happening across the border other than what I see on the news, but this, this woman has 
Can I say that woman? I can't write. <laughs> I think we're she, she has call people men she men. has the experience. Mm. She's close to a rant. She's had issues with that. That's what I want in the office. Yeah. I want somebody that's going to represent the issues that we have. Mm -hmm. Understanding the red flag law, understanding the situ situation where we own guns. And we've had people, I've had relatives mad at me. And all they would have had to have done with the red flag law is call the local police department and say, that Dan is this mm -hmm. and they would come and take all my guns. And then I have to fight to prove mm -hmm. it took me five years to prove to some of my relatives that I wasn't what they were telling me. I was <laughs> five years. Right. Yeah. So I look at that and I go, I want somebody that understands that she understands that. So th that's what we need in politician. We need them to have real life experiences of what we go through. Well, it's so true. And so often the, the devil is in the details, right? The, the truth is, is in the nuances of things. Right. And that's one of the reasons we spend so much time and energy on a show like this, where we're bringing <clears throat> in subject matter experts and helping people fully and better understand right. issues. So I was uh, chatting with a good friend last night about, um, you know, some of the, the school voucher issues, educational uh, finance issues. And that's really her world where, you know, the second amendment is our world. And so I had an opinion about something. I was smart enough to say, this is something I couldn't go to the mats on because I haven't really lived it and studied it, but here's my opinion. And she, you know, very honoring said, I totally get that. That's a a very valid opinion, but here's this nuance piece that could really be a, a problem or a factor. And so when, when you have somebody like you are saying who lives it and goes through it, that's when they, they really know. And, and as we said, the border, we think we know what's going on, but we don't have, we are, we're not touched yet. by it yet. yet. We yet. don't have people walking through our backyard. Right. But then you look at, okay, five minutes from ASU for the love of people. right. I look at like Biden. Okay. Biden's a politician. He's never really owned a business. He's right. if he owned a business, he didn't run it. Right. How, what does he know about business? Right. Well, what does he, he know about? I mean, I I'm really surprised. It's theoretical. I'm surprised. Okay. If Biden loves his son so much, yeah. right? right. His family so much, right. his son was supposedly involved in drugs. Mm -hmm. You would think with that experience, he would say, we're not going to have drugs in the United States. I'm going to fight this to the last moment. Right, yeah. right. And so, but anyway, I, I just feel that politicians are like, I know several politicians in Arizona that represent us and some of them are business owners and they get it mm -hmm. and they stand for, right. for that. Well, and then getting back to the red flag law and the nuance thing is really at its core a red flag law or governor ducey has been fond of these stop laws which is like a severe threat um, order of protection or there's erpos which are emergency restraining protection orders all the same thing different mm -hmm. names same yeah. ingredients right 
basically what it is, is a gun confiscation scheme. Right. So if someone wants to say, we'll just use Joe Schmo, right? I'm Joe. You could call Joe me Joe. Joe Schmo is such a danger to himself or to others or Jane Schmo to herself or to others. I knew her. That the authorities need to come into her home and what? Give her aid, get her medical like uh, emotional care. Uh, no, they're just going to take the firearms. Not the car. Nope. Not the chainsaw. Nope. Not the knives. Nope. Not the axes. Not the not fists. The bats, not the hammers. No, not the fists. Nothing. They're just, they're just, just the guns, right. And only the guns that they actually know about. How is anybody on board? With so, this? so that would be it like zero. That sense. would be like a man and a woman. Much less the whole, you know, oh, due process, right. minor little issue. That'd right? be like a man and a woman. Let's say that the man is a threat to his child. Mm -hmm. The woman calls, you know, and they got proof this guy is a threat to the child. Take the child away. Right. It solves the problem, right? Right. So no, it doesn't. You take, right. You citizen. take the man, you take the threat and you do something with that threat right. right you don't take the kid away right right that was i like that analogy. but but you have to make sure that first of all the guy is the threat and it's not the woman that's saying or even the kid that's saying so it's it's a hard road but here's the that's thing why we need to do if process. you come and take my guns you still have to be worried if you're going to be worried about me yeah if you're going to be worried yeah. if you think that i'm a threat to you the world, mm -hmm. the guns aren't going to be the solution. Right. That's all. Said. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, we have got to scoot on out of here. Thank you so much to our. Amazing... I'm not a threat to anybody, by the way. I'm That's a kind. That's why I was like, I'm, I'm kind. Use Joe Schmo. I'm, I'm kind. <laughs> I'm gentle. I care about other people. I really yeah. do. I would never hurt anyone unless they were. A threat, or threat to me you or my family the threat that right presenting so to you. that being said though you would never be I'm, the I'm being common sense just telling you that when you go to take somebody's guns away from them you can't say the solution is solved now right he's got knives in the drawer he's got cars he's got stuff you have to take that threat back in the old days back in the 60s mm -hmm. they had I'm not saying it's great, but they had mental institutions for people who were threats right. and they contained them. They either fix them or contain them further. Right? right. We don't have those anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see so much on the streets right now. Mm -hmm. There's people that are crying for help and don't even know it, right. but we don't do anything for them. We put a bandaid on them. Right. So red flag laws are not going to solve your problems. They are not indeed. I'm sorry. Hey, speaking of that, you know, you can see us on YouTube. <laughs> can you? Yeah. And Tell us about it, Dan. Gun streamer. Really? Yeah. That's and a great site. We have oodles. I mean, oodles a word. Oodles? Of stuff, content, mm -hmm. of guests we've had from way back. Mm -hmm. True story. I mean, Absolutely. all the way back to our first guest. When we first started. Right? Yes. And to this one too now. That's true. So uh, if you would like to watch, watch the videos of any of our uh, previous shows or rewatch this one, as Dan said, go to the YouTube, as long as they haven't kicked us off. 
uh, and the gunstreamer.com. Yeah. That is the more constitutional friendly channel. And uh, how about Gun Freedom is, Radio? I'll get there. Hold on. Don't call now. I mean, call now, but hold a moment. Uh, so when you go to YouTube or Gunstreamer, please subscribe and click the notifications button because then not only are you connected to us getting our content as fresh as possible, but you're telling those organizations that the, the topics that we talk about, the people who we talk to are valuable and that you want that content. But don't I have to push a button? You do have to, you can raise your pinky and very delicately. Could I have my wife do it for me? Would you do it for me? Since I'm your wife. But yeah, push that button. You know what does doing it for you, you know, anyway. The more the more people on YouTube that, you know, you, you let them know that you're interested in gun information, yeah. rights information, the more people that do that might sway some of these anti-rights people saying, hey, wait, we got a lot of people that like gun rights. And they like our rights, right? That's a true story. So, And if you want to listen to the audio only version. With your ears. Hmm? With your ears. With your ears. I thought you said for three years. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. I talk a lot, but what? No, you do. Um, the audio only version, you're out on a bike ride, you're mowing the yard, you're doing your yoga. Voting. You're voting. Whatever it is you're doing, if you just want the audio only version, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and binge listens to your heart's content, darling quite her. good at that uh, following you and um if you want to see photos and bios and links to the works of all of the subject matter experts and guests that we've had on click the guest tab it is a tremendous and ever-growing resource and when you spend time there we don't hate that no all right folks until next time pray for our nation pray for our leaders and our elected officials even the ones you don't like Maybe especially the ones you don't like, right? And don't forget to vote. Yeah. Well, research. Research. Research is the key. Yeah. And don't just look on YouTube and go, oh, okay, I've got to vote for them now. Research it. Find out what the people stand for. Absolutely. Super important because you don't want to be one of those guys that say, yeah, I voted for that one. <laughs> you know, right? right? Hey, I made a mistake once. Ooh. I did. I made a mistake. Yeah. I voted for somebody. Yeah. And I I did it because I didn't like the person that was running. You voted again. And we're not talking about Biden. Please don't go to the presidential stuff. No. <laughs> talking about local election. And I voted for the person that I thought was better than the person that was running that had been running been well, never mind. I'm just telling you. I did it and I regret it to this day. Yeah. I regret it this day. And my vote was the one that counted, I think. I think it was my the vote, one that got it was the the, well, elected. it was one of one of the ones. Could be. It was one of the one of the ones. That's true. So All anyway, right. I do say research so that when you vote, you don't regret what you voted for. That's right. All right. Till next time. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And see you real soon. God bless.